0: Has to do it. You uh-huh. might say
1: so. It's sort of observing the wealthy in the wild. Exactly. You got it. Describe your five kinds of American millionaires. There are
0: five different types of millionaires. The thing to keep in mind, though, they're not mutually exclusive. So any individual can belong to a primary group, a secondary group, even a tertiary group. It's rare to find somebody just belonging to one archetype. But here they are. The first is trillionaires. These folks subscribe to the idea that money is basically there to use. They want to make a lot and they want to spend a lot. So they basically enjoy the things and experiences that wealth can buy. Their money is a reminder of their status and success, that they've made it. Think Richard Branson or Trump, perhaps. My second group I call coolionaires. These folks view aesthetics as the essence of life. They surround themselves with beautiful things, beautiful experiences. To them, their money is an opportunity to express their status as a person of refinement, of style and sophistication. That's the way they view themselves. The third group are realionaires, and these are the millionaire next door. These folks stay under the radar of the trappings of wealth. They really have no interest in displaying how much money they have. They are willing to spend a lot of money on the things they think matter, things like education or quality product But they're going to save in a big way on things that don't. They do not waste their money. So to them, their wealth is an indicator that they're smart and savvy and astute, that they beat the system. They look at life as a game, and they've won the game. My fourth group are wellionaires. These guys and gals are grounded in the pursuit of wellness, 360-degree wellness, I call it. They want to look good. They want to feel healthy. They want to think positive. They're going off to Costa Rica for yoga retreats and that sort of thing. And they want to live a life in balance. So their wealth is an opportunity to do that in a big way. They also like Eastern philosophy, spirituality, that sort of stuff. And then last, I have millionaires. These folks recognize that they have a privilege and a responsibility in some way to make the world a better place. So they want to give back, they want to make a mark, they want to be remembered. It's basically life in perpetuity. They want to live forever in some ways, leaving their mark through other people or through institutions, through philanthropy. Legacy is a very important thing. It's all about legacy. To them, their money is basically an opportunity to achieve life's biggest reward, which is to help others. The thing to keep in mind, though, is it's actually a hierarchy. I found over time and with more money, people walk through these levels of wealth from
1: trillionaire to billionaire. They're basically a work in progress. That was a really interesting finding for me. Larry, given the current economic crisis and your field observations, your sociologic approach to this topic, mm-hmm. how are the rich surviving?
0: Pretty well, actually, despite what the media will tell you. Let's say your average millionaire might have 25 or 50 or 100 million or less, let's say 5 million. And you've given back a third or a half, as most of us have done, by any historical or comparative measure, that is an enormous amount of money. And they've made a bunch back, too, already. They've made a third or a half of it back. So I have no doubt the rich will survive this crisis. They've survived others of the past. The first thing to go are luxuries. Cutting back on luxuries is always the principal way they keep afloat which is why positioning your brand as a luxury is almost always a mistake. In the book, i write about how the rich were hit hard by previous economic crises of the 30s and the depression and the recession of the 70s. But every time they eventually bounce back to become, as a group at least, even richer. So there's always a bigger, faster way to make tons of money waiting in the wings. I think there's one now. We just don't know what it is or when it will get here. But it's a matter of time before we get to that next one. Reports of the death of the wealthy are greatly exaggerated, despite what a lot in the media will tell you. And those that are predicting their demise really just don't know their history. The rich are a lot like insects. They're incredibly adaptive, and they, or at least their
1: money, will be around long after the rest of us have disappeared. I have a question for you. Your book is primarily concerned with American wealth and American rich. Mm-hmm. Can you offer any global perspectives on people who are not Americans who are wealthy?
0: What seems to be happening is we're just becoming more of a global player in every dimension of life, including wealth culture. The Russians, for example, overtook us during the boom in 2005 and 2006 in terms of millionaires and in terms of billionaires, even more importantly. So we are just one of a number of players. There's going to be a lot more wealthy people around the world
1: in the decades to come, and that's okay. Do you find there's a global definition for wealth? Mm Mm-hmm. So, do these newly rich in other countries hold as their goal or their target the representational or symbolic trappings that the American wealthy hold? Are they after that? It really depends on the culture. And there is still
0: more of the new money, old money paradigm in other cultures. So, as you talked about earlier with the